friends. This is Historical AF. I'm Kina. I'm Nathan. And I'm Katie. We are a historian and a special history podcast guest bringing you the spooky historical nuggets you never knew you needed in your ear holes. This is episode 70, Royalty Part 1. <gasps> what? <laughs> and I couldn't think of anybody better than Queen's podcast to join me for this episode. Little us? Yes! <laughs> guys, no, I'm, I'm fangirling. I'm a huge fan. Oh my like, god! I'm not Thank even you. not even lying about it. <laughs> we are so excited to be here. Yeah. Your show is so much fun. And oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm just excited to drink some champagne and <laughs> chat with you about these royal bitches. <laughs> yes, I mean they're a comedy history podcast. So check they drink. Check. They're from Texas. Check, 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 check. Y'all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a harsh southern accent there, Katie. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> said we're from Texas. She's not even Girl. apologizing about it either. No. <laughs> no, we're real proud of it here. Howdy. I always say the hills are coming out when my accent gets really thick because I'm originally from the Ozarks, so it just... <laughs> It's like oh. banjos. It's <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Do you watch that show, the Jason Bateman show, The Ozarks? I, I haven't. They do not <laughs> represent your people in a good light. But <laughs> not. No. that one girl's <laughs> accent, I'm always like, what is that? So <laughs> It's yeah. so funny. I'm always told I don't have a Southern accent until I've had two glasses of wine and start talking to my llama. And then that accent Truth. comes out like when Renee because Renee Zellweger is from Katy Texas and she she won the Oscar but before that she won the Golden Globe Mm -hmm. and she had had a couple of drinks and I remember everybody when she got up there and did her acceptance speech they were like why is she doing a southern accent and I was like because she's from Texas and she's been drinking that's what happened (laughs) (laughs) and she probably just got off the phone with her mama too (laughs) yeah, that is the truth if I go back home or I'm talking to family the accent is so bad oh yeah yeah, it come it just slips right on out like it's, yeah. it's woo, especially when i get excited you oh, know yeah. like whenever i get like real jazzed up it's just like hey y'all i'm so happy right now you know so what true. your your accent comes out when you talk to my mom too so maybe it's just my mom <laughs> <laughs> yep so tell everybody a little bit about yourselves and your podcast so we are to basically like childhood best friends that talk a lot and (laughs) (laughs) that's that's very good that's very good anyway that's queen's podcast (laughs) (laughs) but about three years ago we were just sort of like you know we love nerding out on history and we love drinking and we're both you know like feminists (laughs) alcoholics Alcoholic feminists. (laughs) And so we let's see if anybody else wants to talk to us about women in history and like drink cocktails with us. And I remember when we had 10 subscribers, we were like, yes, we've made it. We were never (laughs) it's a blow up on the head. Um and apparently a lot of people like getting drunk and talking about women in history. (laughs) Nathan, would you say that about sums it up? Yeah, um, yeah, pretty much. Just we're trashy. We don't. We're classy. You know, we're trashy we and classy. Yeah, we just make sure to spread it around. You know, make sure to get an equal spread of everything. But you know, it's and, not and safe for say, work. Yeah, and we say the F word a lot. 
<laughs> yeah, like a fucking lot. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You said uh. it. <laughs> I always tell people, I'm like, it's literally in the title. Don't be upset if you hear fuck. All <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. My stepdad the other day said something was as AF. He was like, oh, oh that is stupid as AF. <laughs> oh, Charlie. <laughs> okay, fine. Like, oh, that's adorable. That sounds about accurate, though. That sounds like something Charlie would say. It sounds as accurate as AF. Yeah. <laughs> you said you guys met in school. Weren't you guys yeah. in theater? I've heard <laughs> that in an episode. Where- mm-hmm. So I think we went to school together from like elementary, to be when honest. When we were but in we- fourth grade, we were in a play together where Nathan was John Hancock and I was a cheerleader for George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> the, the reason Katie didn't have a part is because Katie can't sing that well. <laughs> but and Nathan came and pom-pom. so I had like this big feather fucking pin acting all bougie with my like little tri-corner hat or whatever. Like, oh my god. Hat? What's that? Sorry. I still, still remember all the songs in that show. <laughs> <That's> uh, <laughs> it was bad. It was so bad. Oh, I wish that... we had a recording of it. Well, that um, actually set the precedent for every musical I've ever been in. Because for someone who can't sing, <laughs> I've been in a shitload of musicals. I'm just always the girl in a short skirt dancing. Maybe. <laughs> 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 That's the best orphan story ever, though. <laughs> but then in high school, like, we had known each other and been friendly forever. But then our junior and senior year of high school, we just kind of fell in love with each other. And... <laughs> That's pretty accurate. Like, yeah. it was one of those things where it was theater. You know, we would always come out of the black box and we'd be like, ah, the sun, my eyes. You know, we'd be super fucking dramatic about everything. So We I mean, were the stereotypical theater kids. Yeah. Like in all those, you know, high school movies when you see about like, oh, the theater kids are so weird. Yup. Mean Girls. Mean Girls is a perfect example. Yeah. You're Janice Ian and I'm what's his face? Like Yeah. The gay one. I, the yeah. gay yeah. Damon. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Damon. Yes. The we were that was us. That was yeah. literally us. Like Katie was dressed in like black. Yes. <laughs> with a heavy dark eyeliner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For the days. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, my school was so small. We didn't have theater, but I probably would have been one if we had it. Yeah. Yeah. We were the weirdos for mm-hmm. sure. And then, yeah, in college, we were still, we were in theater together until you changed majors like what, two years in? Yeah, I changed majors two years in, but I kept doing plays. I was like, I know I'm not a theater major anymore, but y'all still like me, to, right? Y'all need someone to wear a short skirt and dance in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, for for like two more years, they were like, actually, yes, we do. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Where'd you guys go to college? Lamar University. It's in Beaumont, Texas. It's oh. the Harvard on the Natchez. No. It's not it's a joke that only people from that area get. <laughs> you know that part of Texas that is always getting hit by hurricanes? Mm-hmm. That that's Beaumont. Like oh. during like Harvey, Hurricane Harvey that hit Houston a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Houston's a big city, so that's all you saw on the news. But our hometown, like, people were riding boats instead of driving cars. Like, wow. going, yeah. So we moved. 
obvious reasons. I'm a strong swimmer, but I would rather do it at the gym. Yeah, you know? yeah, I'd rather my house not be the yeah. thing that's underwater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. I flew into Houston right after all that, and it was still so bad. I had a librarian conference. But, uh... Yes! <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> that is, like, every, every, like... <laughs> straight man's fantasy <laughs> to go to the librarian conference oh yeah. my god and then just be like bag of dicks <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes Katie. can i check you out <laughs> oh we've heard them all but yeah lavar burton was there and it was like the highlight of my life at that point I was like, oh my god oh, reading rainbow yeah <laughs> at first they're like we don't know if we can even like land there it was so flooded but it was my first time. I can't like, do anything. anything. <laughs> Take oh, a yes. look. It's, it's in, in a, a book. book. A reading rainbow. rainbow. Oh. You're welcome, guys. You're welcome. You're <laughs> <laughs> all night. No, just with not, not really. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I'll probably be drunk. <laughs> That's a really good song. <laughs> there is some guy just standing in my front yard. <laughs> you should yell at him. What? And okay, all he's... I see are your boobs, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she got the job in the musicals. That's why they always. Oh, okay. And now there's just a dog in our front yard. Maybe that's why the man. Why isn't that dog on a leash? Okay, sorry. Thanks for going on this adventure with me. They both gone now. So Katie has ADD. <laughs> Ooh, hard same. Hard same. Ooh, they say it's a sign of intelligence, people that are ADD and dyslexic. So I'm like, I'm so Hey, scared. I'm dyslexic. <laughs> uh, tell that to my uh, middle school guidance counselor. I don't know what to nothing. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to do historical first. And in honor of Queen's podcast, I chose a badass queen of all trades who is a botanist, a patroness of the arts, founder of many orphanages and hospitals, the namesake to a gorgeous U.S. city, and the last queen of the American colonies. I give you Queen Charlotte of Mecklenburg-Strelitz. Yes. Yeah, I'm really excited about her. Everybody knows about George, but nobody knows about her. And I think she's a little bit more. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I have had that musical in my head nonstop since I've watched it again. Nonstop. Sorry. I'll stop with the Hamilton references. (laughs) No doubt. I was banking on it. (laughs) My husband is not into musicals at all, but he fucking loves Hamilton. Mm. I'm not asking any questions. Leaning in. We saw it in London with his poor mother who had never listened to a word of it. And the two of us are like rap bat like cabinet battling with each other. And she's just <laughs> sitting there like, they said uh, the F word in that play a lot. And like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the first musical I drug him to. And he actually really liked it. We saw it when it was in Austin. It was so good. But it's so much different seeing it, the original cast, but also yeah. up close where you can see their yeah. facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Oh, I cried mm-hmm. so hard. We did a Patreon watch party, and I was like, don't judge me as I'm like, cry. <laughs> don't I cry. Me. I cry every time Philip dies. Spoiler alert. Every which, time. I mean, it shouldn't be a spoiler alert. It happened like because... 300 years ago. You yeah, and all those people are dead now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like how many, how many centuries before it's not like a spoiler alert? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> She was born Sophia Charlotte of Mecklenburg-Strelitz on May 19, 1744. She was the youngest of eight children. 
it's gonna be a lot of kids in this whole thing. We recently had a friend of ours who's a freelancer write for a blog post for our website about a woman who was the 23rd child from her her mother. She's a saint, Catherine of Cien. Her mother should be a saint. Right? For having that many fucking kids. like <laughs> She who? was the youngest. So number 23, I guess, was her stopping point. But still, but still like, she's oh. got to be pregnant every time you see her. Like, every time you went to see her, she's like, I'm pregnant again. It's like, oh. <laughs> Good God. Good yeah, canonize that for aren't, aren't we happy to live in a time of birth control? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Birth control, the internet, and penicillin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> Mecklenburg Strelitz. I'm gonna mispronounce this at some point. Right now, I'm really proud of myself because I haven't messed up yet. But uh, time. the more I drink, <laughs> it's gonna get worse. It's a small northern German duchy of the Holy Roman Empire, which, like you, I still don't a thousand percent understand. It's a state of mind. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna look it up and like make a thing, and I started reading it. And I'm like, it's just too much. I just. <laughs> <laughs> Someday I'll get into it. And Charlotte was born and brought up at the Unter Schloss, which is a lower castle in Moreau. And Moreau is two hours northwestish of Berlin and seven hours away from where my family is from. Because of course I Googled that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 partially German too. I'm Are about, you? Yeah, I'm about 40% German. So uh, it's not <laughs> it's one of those heritages where you're like, I'm happy about it. <laughs> they got yeah. some good beer and some good french fries and stuff and some yeah. sausage <laughs> i'm a big fan of new Braunfels, like crossies i could eat the shit out of everything mm-hmm. there it's so fredericksburg oh i haven't been uh, there yet it's beautiful it's Girl, beautiful they have this wine the city bus you can pay thirty dollars per person and the city bus will like pick you up and bring you around to the wineries and there's like 20 wineries in like a 10 mile radius. Wow. Yeah. And Fredericksburg is really well known for their peaches, millions of peaches, peaches for oh, free. I free. <laughs> millions of peaches, peaches for me. No, um, also in Fredericksburg, kind of like Galveston and New Orleans, you can buy a drink at a restaurant. <laughs> just walk around with it like to the different shops and stuff oh that's nice which um those other two are a little bit more party cities Fredericksburg Mm -hmm. is mainly old people walking around (laughs) with beer (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of neat to be honest i'm like good for some people watching go to bed at nine Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> that's, that's my dream in my thirties. <laughs> Nothing past ten ever. Nope, nope, nope. Do not enjoy. Anyway, anyway, she was considered very intelligent, but her education was kind of like meh. It wasn't as extensive as some of the queens you guys have covered, but she did learn some music, some art. She learned botany because somebody that worked in the court was really into botany, so that's where she got that love from. And she knew a little bit of a lot of languages, but the majority of her studies was focused at home management, domestic life, religion, and social decorum. Because women just need to know how to take care of a house. It's very depressing for me. I would bag a dick. Which I have mentioned. I mentioned, I think it was like two episodes ago, the bag of dicks thing. And I think everybody after the episode was like, I'm Googling their merch store now. (laughs) 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 It's my favorite thing. I love it so much. (laughs) Somebody sent us bag of dicks masks. 
You yeah, showed me. Yeah, I was me. telling her. I was telling her because I have it right yeah. here. That's it's that's beautiful. Yes, it's so and it's reversible. Oh wow! Shut the front door. <laughs> yes. And I'm the serious. reversible side <laughs> is also penises. <laughs> I love penises. Why? Except wouldn't whenever they're dicks to women. It's true. <laughs> penises are technically our origin story of this podcast. So <laughs> give me one of those. I was telling my husband the Rasputin dick story about how like people chopped it off and it was worshipped around Europe for a long time and this thing he's like stop talking to me I know. <laughs> and then I was like this would be fun for a podcast and he's like oh, God you're talking to somebody else and then I still <laughs> but yeah it was my favorite episode and that's why people are like what's your favorite thing you've done I was like okay I'm gonna hope you're really cool or you get cool really quick <laughs> but it's my historical dick episode and it's hilarious and I just like, oh. So, when she was just eight years old, her father died, which is really sad, because they were actually a really close family. And then her brother, Adolf Frederick IV, assumed her father's position. So now we're going to fast forward nine years, because nothing else really happened. And King George III of Britain is succeeding the throne at the age of 22. He is single and ready to mingle, and by mingle, I mean he's ready to lock down a wife. And now it's time. Anytime you want to break out in song. (laughs) 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 I am here for it. (laughs) I've had that da, 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 in my head this whole time. Chess hands. Everybody. So Princess Sophia was deemed to be the perfect match for the British heir. She was well-educated and suitable stock, which I hate that, but. That is such a <sighs> nasty such word. It's yeah. like if you're picking a cow. It just so, <laughs> God, it's it what does. they're doing, and I hate it. And the most important part of this is that they wanted somebody that was uninterested in engaging in British affairs. In fact, one of the conditions of their more like marriage contract was that she would never ever meddle in politics. Like that was the. How fine can you print. promise that? How can you promise that? As a queen, how yeah. how can you, you know? how can you promise you're never going to be interested in the land that you're queen of? That it's, doesn't make it. it's so true. It, it all yeah. starts to make a little more sense here. In a little bit. So in 1761, Princess Sophia was betrothed to the King of England, and her brother Adolf is the one that signed the marriage contract. After three days of celebration, she departed Germany, escorted by the Earl of Harcourt. He was the head of the royal delegation that had been sent to pick her up. The vessel carrying the royal party was ceremoniously named the Royal Charlotte in her honor. And then they started to sail across the sea. After nine days of bad weather, she arrived in London on September 8th, 1761. There's a quote. It says, the date of my promise has now arrived and I fulfill it. Fulfill it with great satisfaction for the queen has come, wrote politician Horace Walpole. That's what a name. (laughs) (laughs) And he was describing her arrival. He says, in a half an hour, one heard of nothing but proclamations of her beauty. Everyone is content. Everyone is pleased. So they're all like, woo, she's pretty. We're happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, we were expecting a real uggo, but oh, thank God. <laughs> so, so then she and George III, having never met before, were wed that same night, just six hours after she showed up to St. James Palace. After nine days of shitty weather, they're like, all right, you're here, get ready, you're getting married. God, that, I would be like, oh, no, I need a nap. 
<laughs> I need to unwind. Oh. I need to, yeah, I need a nap, guys. Come on. Yeah. Bar wench, where's my champagne in a can? <laughs> <laughs> After the royal coronation a few weeks later, Princess Sophia became Queen Charlotte. Eager to assume her royal duties, who spoke French and German, now threw herself into studying English. So at this time, she didn't speak English at all, which must be so horrible. This was the 1700s, right? Yes. 1760s. That just blows me away because, like, we've talked about, like, some more, some older queens that went on to live in England and didn't learn English, but it was like, cause England wasn't the major player, but by the 1700s, teach them fucking English. That, that blows my mind. I didn't realize yeah. that it was still like not considered like a major language by then. Whereas now it's like anybody that speaks English, you don't have to learn another language. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. That's so sad, but it's true. Eddie Izzard has this bit where he's like, English speakers are like, one brain can't know two languages. It's impossible. And they're like, well, the Dutch speak seven languages and smoke marijuana. And it's like, "Mm." (laughs) So her dad was a duke. So maybe they just didn't expect their kids to be royalty. Mm, That happened a lot. Yeah, they didn't expect her to climb that high up the ladder. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to assume. Plus, they were spending more time teaching her how to be, like, a lady of the household than a queen. So, I'm going to say it was just a big shocker. <laughs> a lot of parallels with Anne of Cleves kind of sounds yeah. Like. yeah. Yeah. She also hired both German and English staff for her ladies-in-waiting, which really pissed off some people, and mostly her mother-in-law. And then she tried to adopt, you know, traditions like drinking tea to try to appease people. But her mother-in-law was kind of a monster. <laughs> no. <laughs> Who was her mother-in-law? Princess Augusta. Oh, I don't know if we've covered her. She yeah. sounds like an absolute bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so it, got, it was like everything she tried to do was not good enough. And then she was trying to overpower Queen Charlotte's status and saying that Queen Mother should have more power than her. So it wasn't really going well for her first year of marriage. That's it's not kind how of that a, works. No. <laughs> And he was a big old mama's boy, so he didn't ever defend her either. And that's the worst. Cut the cord, man. Yeah, right. Come on. Support your spouse. (sighs) Anyway, she actually kind of lightened up a little bit. So in August 12th of 1762, she gave birth to her first child, which was a boy, George, the Prince of Wales. So after she had an heir, she kind of like backed up a little bit. Yeah. Her son would become King George of the Fourth. And he was said to be her favorite out of 15 children. Oh, that's so many kids. Two oh. things I want to discuss there. <laughs> <laughs> 15 children is too many children. Mm-hmm. I think anything more than three is too many children. Oh, I agree. Me, it's a big but, old zero. Yeah. <laughs> but I love how in history, people just said they're like, oh, this is my favorite child. Yeah. <laughs> that happens a lot. It's like, like, well, fuck you, mom. It's just so funny. My mom always tells me that I'm her favorite child, but I'm pretty sure she says it to my sister as well. But if you look at the pictures on the wall, there are like five times more pictures of my brother than me or my sister. <laughs> so it's like, sure, oh, Chaz is the favorite. Chaz oh, totally yeah, favorite. I know. But I love that she humors me. Yeah. <laughs> but back then they were just like, well, no, this is my favorite child. But oh, yeah. 
Anyway. Oh, good <laughs> I know, I'm trying Side to track. like, the next part sentence is really sad. So I'm like, stop laughing. <laughs> you guys do that too. You're like, laugh, laugh, laugh. And then you're like, and then they died. And yeah, you know. I think we just continue to laugh at them. They're ghosts now. So out of the 15, 13 survived to adulthood. So two of the, two of the babies died. That's so still so. like a good success it, rate. Yeah, for that that time period, it really is. So, fun fact the fourth eldest son was Edward Augustus, Duke of Kent, and he was the father of Queen Victoria. Oh, and then she had a a shit ton of kids that sat on thrones all over Europe. So, them two are single handedly just populating and married their cousins. Yay, incest, incest, (laughs) put your cousin to the test. Oh, God. And then they'll all get hemophilia and cause revolutions. Yay! Man, history's a trip. Right? (laughs) The two children that died had smallpox. And one was like an inoculation, like, accident. Like, they inoculated him and then he got it. So it was, like, really. Oh, that's horrible. I know. And she apparently took it really hard. According to the Prince Alfred, who's the one that died's governess, Lady Charlotte, was so upset that she cried, quote, vastly and was very much hurt of her loss. And the king was also. And then Octavius yeah. died less than a year later. And they had already were grieving for one child. Now it's two. And they said they were crushed by additional bereavement. Which, you know, you always hear, like, royalty being sad. They lost a kid. But they seemed to really grieve. Like, it Aww. really affected them for a long time. That's, I mean, it's sweet on one hand because that means they were close to their children, which wasn't Mm -hmm. a given with royalty. So it's true. But super fucking sad because they're dead. Uh, Super fucking sad. (laughs) Sweet and sad. And there was also a lot of concern that the emotional agony would harm the queen's pregnancy because she was always pregnant. Mm. And then King George wrote that every day, quote, increases the chasm I feel because of his loss. Which I thought that was just like a heart wrenching quote. That is a heart wrenching quote. And there's some people that think all these losses are kind of what led to his uh, mental instability, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah, he's he's known as George the Mad, spoiler alert. So <laughs> uh, most people think the royals hated their kids because, you know, they didn't really care. But as far as George and Charlotte were concerned, they were very loving parents. They were always described as having their children around them. All their paintings had their children. Anything that they did, they had their kids with them. So as far as like parenting went, they actually like being parents. Awesome. Unlike Victoria, who was all like, I hate my kids. I just like having sex. Yeah. So there's a contract. Love, love my husband. <laughs> hate my children. Yep. Can you imagine being that kid? Thanks, mom. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, cool. <laughs> this is cool. I, I like this. I'm not going to need therapy. Just <laughs> yet, but <laughs> yeah. And then they would lose one more child, Princess Amelia, and she was in like early adulthood, so like her early twenties. And they also grieved really hard for her. And there was instances like three years later after she died that somebody said their name, they all started crying. And that was like the siblings too. So it's like Aww. family unit. They were really close. And again, that's not a given or necessarily all that common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the women that we covered that doesn't happen with, except maybe like Catherine of Aragon and Isabella, her mother. Isabella, like they, that, I mean, really, everybody else wasn't really that close to yeah. mom at all. To their kids. Or, yeah. Yeah, no one. And the other thing that really blew my mind is that he never 
arranged marriages for his daughters and he kept them with him at home. And a lot of people said this was selfish and that he was indecently attached to his daughters. But some historians say that he just saw how much his sisters hated their arranged marriages and he didn't want them to be upset or miserable. So he just chose to not marry them off. Huh. And I was like, well, that's something you don't hear every day. Though I'm trying to think what king it was. Maybe it was Alfred the Great. Also never married any of his daughters off, but that was to like stop yeah. their husbands from becoming powerful people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. might have also been a little bit selfish, but yeah. we don't know. <laughs> that it was a threat. Yeah. And although the queen dutifully carried out her obligation to bear heirs, she was pregnant for almost 20 years and it oh. took a toll. She hated it. She really didn't talk about it publicly, but privately she wrote a lot of letters, which the Royal Trust Collection has released a lot of her private correspondence and diaries. So you can read them online. It's really Mm. interesting. But she wrote here, I don't think a prisoner could wish more ardently for his liberty than I wish to be rid of my burden. (laughs) Wow. That's, oh, she hated being pregnant. Well, I imagine it's not fun. Uh, no, and you had no real way to years? control it back then either. God. I mean, carrying a nine-pound leech in your uterus doesn't sound great. And then another part of it, she said, "I would be happy if I knew this was the last time." And that was when she was pregnant with her fourteenth child, so she had one more to go. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't. My first pregnancy. Fourteen, fourteen pregnancies. No wonder the bitch hated fucking pregnancy. Yeah. Like, like, come on, are you kidding me? Like, she's got to be like, ugh. I'm so tired of these freaking bowling balls in my vagina. Can you imagine if she had like morning sickness too every pregnancy? Uh, Never doesn't talk about that, but just no, thank you. There's no (laughs) medical care. So these pregnancies are not as I don't want to say pregnancies nowadays are easy. Yeah. (laughs) But easier than they were back then. So I mean, I can imagine this. And the fact that she survived that many. Yeah. Yes. Like all my mom my mom with my brother, if it hadn't been the future, would have died because they had to have like an emergency C section, da 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 da. And back then you just had to be like, watch her die. Like, oh, yeah. it's so morbid. Mm-hmm. I know my mom had preeclampsia with my sister, so she would have died back then. Mm-hmm. When my sister had my niece, I was there, and now I am very pro epidural. I think we can <laughs> all get epidurals for everything in life. Had a bad yeah. day at work epidural <laughs> <laughs> i subscribe to that that sounds like yeah i had like my mother had my brother and sister who were twins who were both seven pounds 14 ounces oh like, my so God. she had big ass belly like i have pictures of it and it looks like a fucking alien belly and it's disgusting <laughs> and it scares me to death anyway before she had them, she's like, I'm not going to do the epidural. I'm going to have it all natural. She had them all natural. And then whenever it came to me, she's like, I'm getting the fucking epidural. I, <laughs> I'm not schedule- having them all. I and know they- I'm not due for another six months, but can I schedule an epidural? <laughs> they literally, literally, like, she got into the ER to have me. And then she's like, okay, where's my epidural? And they're like, oh, honey, you're too dilated. We can't do it. And she's like, no. fuck. And I was nine pounds, 14 ounces. Like, I was a very large baby, and she never let me forget. She's like, you had the shoulders of a linebacker, and I was screaming for hours, so you're welcome. And I'm like, oh, I love you, too. 
my so mom was is... a teenager when she had me. Um, <laughs> so you just so came out just fine. I just she like got to the hospital and was like, I want an epidural, and they were like, um, we expect the baby to be here in like ten minutes, so that's not really an option. And then she had my brother in her thirties, and she was like, it was a completely different experience. <laughs> Have all your children when you're in your teenage years. So just imagine like this Princess Charlotte, who's like having. 14, 15 kids. No epidurals, bitch. No, I bet I bet by the seventh they just kind of stroll out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like throwing a hot dog down a hallway. They're just like music. Do do do. Yeah, she also needs to be a saint because holy shit. It's just it's too many babies. It's oh, too many. So regardless of the pains of motherhood, a lot of historians think that Queen Charlotte and King George III had a successful marriage. <laughs> that they had lots of kids, but also that they actually liked each other. But that's, that's a nice perk. Yeah, it's kind of debatable, depending on which historian you're talking to. But before he started <laughs> having episodes of mental instability, as people call it, they seem to like each other. She signed all her letters to him. Your very affectionate friend and wife, Charlotte. And I thought that was really sweet to be like friend first. I'm like, well, maybe they did like each other. Yeah. Yeah. So in 1762, King George III and Queen Charlotte moved into a property that the King had recently acquired called Buckingham Palace. Maybe you've heard of it. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's Maybelline. (laughs) (laughs) Describe it. They're like, it was comfortable and spacious. <laughs> yes, kind of like my dead. birthing canal. Ah. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> oh, it was much smaller than it is today, but still, like, that's comfortable. I'm so poor. I've <laughs> never known the riches of these people. And all of our children, except for the first, were born at Buckingham Palace. And it was known as the Queen's House for a long time. George called it that for her. This is the Queen's House. <laughs> and as we know, Buckingham Palace is the official residence of the Queen of England now. And then Queen Charlotte also purchased Frogmore House in Windsor Park. If you watch the news at all, you would know that's what Harry and Meghan just restored. Well, before they left. Yeah, before they left. <laughs> they were angry about it. They spent all the taxpayer money to redo it. And then they're like, anyway. <laughs> But it's that shit ain't cheap to fix. I don't know what people want from them. They did pay them back, I believe. Yeah. I don't know. I think I read that somewhere. I think I read that too, that they were paying it back. I get these like weird news because I researched royalty so much. I don't know if you guys get this, but I get weird Google alerts. And it's usually just stupid trash about the royals. Yeah. My my Google feed is full of like Tudor stuff and like history stuff, and it just assumes that I'm a history nerd, and that assumption is absolutely accurate. Because the <laughs> FBI agent who was assigned to you knows what you do on your spare time. <laughs> I will not say what I do in my spare time on camera. <laughs> yeah we have a morbid segment so sometimes i'll be googling the other day i was googling how long does it take for a pig to eat a human body and i was like oh (laughs) i know there's things like that that i look up that i'm like i am totally on the flag list the red flag list they're like 
what the fuck is wrong with this dude? Like, like, I'm like, podcast. Don't arrest me. <laughs> yeah, it's like his mother must have dropped him on his head a few times, and I'm like, well, you have to be held to be dropped. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so where did we leave off? She had a lot of children. She does have a lot of children. Babies on babies on babies. Racks on racks on racks on racks. Babies on babies on babies on babies. So back to Frogmore, it actually played a key part in the celebration of his Golden Jubilee in 1809. And Charlotte and Georgie had an affinity for plants. The palace grounds of St. James Palace was the official residence of the King and Queen at the time, and it resembled farmland, and it was constantly covered in vegetable plots. She had I a- am down with that. I know, right? <laughs> and she had a fondness for flora, and she became known to many famous explorer subjects, like Captain James Cook, who would bring her exotic gifts of plants, which she placed in her Kew Palace Gardens, which are still there today. Like, not the, not those plants, but... The plants. <laughs> not the same Some plants. plants. Yeah. Some <laughs> plants. And Charlotte's interest in botany led to the South African flower, the bird of paradise being named the Strelitzia regine in her honor. Probably mm-hmm. said that way wrong. And she was also the first one to introduce a Christmas tree in England after having one in her house in 1800. Oh, I've yeah. always heard that that came from like German like influence so okay 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 and the first one was decorated with sweet meats almond and raisins and papers fruits and toys sweet what the fuck is sweet meats (laughs) no i think sweet meats is like i think sweet it's it's kind of gross but i think is it like ham dipped in sugar like what the fuck no not at all i think (laughs) we um, don't have to go into it i'm not yeah katie's a vegetarian so (laughs) we might not need to is it just like caramelized burgers or something i may be wrong but i'm thinking of like sweet breads and stuff like that okay but wait hold on no this is a lie i think sweet meats are actually um pastries caramelized oh Oh. (laughs) well that was it just sounds disgusting (laughs) (laughs) but it's not a pastry yeah that's not a pastry that i would want to eat because i'm looking at food network and there is a sweet meats recipe, and it is a definitely a pastry. Anyway. Anyway, Queen Charlotte was also a patron of the arts and had a soft spot for German composers like Handel. 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 Why am I blanking on how you say that? Handel. Handel. Handel and Johann Sebastian Bach. So Never heard of him. She's yeah. like dropping left and right. She was also credited with the discovery of another young artist, an eight-year-old wolf game Amadeus Mozart. What Amadeus, a Amadeus. He was Amadeus, a Amadeus, 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 Amadeus. I love that song because when they go, Von Superstar, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I need mean that as my ringtone right now, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just like speaking German and they go, Von Superstar. And like, I just love it so much. <laughs> I can't, you guys. I'm a deus, I'm a deus. All right, podcast out. <laughs> oh, the album, he's eight years old. I don't think I was doing anything remarkable at eight. I had written a thesis, so I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What were you doing? So she welcomed Mozart into the palace during his family England from Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. 1764 to 1765. 
And then later he dedicated his Opus 3 to Queen Charlotte with the following note, quote, filled with pride and joy at the daring to offer you a tribute. I was finishing up these sonatas to be laid at the feet of your majesty. I was, I confess, drunk with the vanity and thrilled with myself when I spied the genius of music at my side. Aww. Yeah. Uh, that's a warm review. It you know. is. Right? That's a four-star review on Amazon. <laughs> didn't, <laughs> didn't Mozart ha- also have like a similar thing with Marie Antoinette? Yes. My next line is she shared a love of the arts with another notorious queen, Marie Antoinette of France. The French queen confided in Queen Charlotte about the turmoil of her French court as the revolution began. Mm-hmm. And Queen Charlotte actually prepared rooms for them to be like, hey, come visit us while everything kind of blows over. But Marina Antoinette never had the chance. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All of her head. Yeah. And she did. Oh, she did. Oh, she's one of those misunderstood queens that I just love. Ugh. Oh, very misunderstood. <laughs> Probably one of the most misunderstood. I know. Like her and Anne Boleyn have a special place in my heart just because everybody hates them. They were so amazing in their own ways. And I'm just like. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wish I had our totes in here to show you. We just got brand new tote bags called the It's Our Tragic Queen Bags. Oh, cool. And it says Anne and Marie and Agrippina and Agrippina and poor baby Jane. So it's like Anne Boleyn, Marie Antoinette. The two Agrippinas. And poor baby Jane. <laughs> she didn't know what was happening. And then she was dead. So. Like, I don't want to be queen dead. Yeah. yeah dead. <laughs> anyway. Let's <drink>. Anyway. <laughs> so one of the most important things she did in her time as queen is that she founded many orphanages. And in 1809, she became the patron of London's general lying in hospital, which became one of the first maternity hospitals in Britain. I mean, if she's going to be the patron of anything, it makes sense being a maternity hospital because she was always pregnant. The hospital was later renamed Queen Charlotte's and Chelsea Hospital in honor of the Queen's continued support. So a little bit back to the Meghan and Harry aspect of this. I'm sure a lot of people have heard this name pop up. By the time of the royal wedding, people started making articles talking about, is Meghan going to be the first black royal in Live with Manelli. Live. (laughs) Well... So is this that, this is that queen? Yes. Okay, because I've heard, I've read so many conflicting things on if she was actually Portuguese African or not. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of conflicting, so I have Mm -hmm. each side here. So it's no secret that the European royals, including those who ruled over Great Britain, were really into the pure bloodlines, which meant a lot of a lot of incest. Not a, oh, yeah. Which Their is family why, trees went like this. Yes. Family yeah. tree is a branch. Yeah. Oh, it's so like cool. on Mean Girls when they're like, yeah, but he's my first cousin. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so whenever anybody started digging up stuff on Queen Charlotte, the idea that she could be something else really piqued some interest. So that's why there's so much research into it recently. So according to historian Mario de Valdez y Cocom, he dug into the Queen's... Nailed it. (laughs) Yeah, so he did the 1996 Frontline documentary on PBS about the Queen. So he says that he could trace the Queen Charlotte's lineage back to Black members of the Portuguese royal family. Like you said, Mario believes that Queen Charlotte was actually directly related to Margarita de Castro y Sousa, a 15th century Portuguese noblewoman, nine generations removed. So that's where the the things get a little weird, because nine generations shouldn't be close enough for the African 
attributes. Exactly. Yeah. So that's where I've kind of heard the conflicting reports, mm-hmm. I think. Margarita herself descended from King Alfonso III of Portugal and his concubine, Madragana Amor, that he took as his lover after conquering the town of Faro in southern Portugal. So this would make Queen Charlotte a whopping 15 generations removed from her closest black ancestor, if she was even black, because some historians argue that the word more could just mean Muslim. That's what, in our research, yeah, yeah. like when we talked about Isabella of Castile, that's what more meant was Muslim. Yes. So. Yeah. But Mario says that due to centuries-long inbreeding, he could actually trace six lines between Queen Charlotte and Susa. So he's saying that she's related to her all over the place. But even though Queen Charlotte may have not possessed close genealogical ties to Africa, she may have still been perceived as a descendant of African people. So it's so, it's so confusing because we talked about that first quote. People are like, she's beautiful. She came off the ship and we love her. But then there's things like this dude, Baron Christian Frederick Stockmar. He was a royal physician and he described her as a small and crooked like face with a true mulatto face. Oh, I hate that word. Oh my god. Like, Haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate. And that is exactly what it is, is you get one guy who doesn't like that she's got power. Mm-hmm. And so he's just gonna write something nasty about her. And that's what happens. There's there's so many women that we've researched that, oh, she's hideous, she's ugly. And it's like, no, she probably wasn't that ugly at all. Yeah. He just really didn't like her. <laughs> Yeah, or after their time, everybody starts talking. Yeah, that's the funniest. It's like 300 years later, they're like, oh, but she was a drama queen. It's like, you didn't even know the bitch. Like, six fingers on one hand and all like, you, What proof do you have? What no. proof? None. 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 There was also a very super racist description by Sir Walter Scott, which makes me hate him forever. He called her ill-colored and said she was ape-like. And now I forever hate him, and he's on the fuck you list. Um, absolutely. Like, um, he's getting executed right now. Like, in Nathan's queendom, he is done. Yes. <laughs> Literally makes me sick to my stomach. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh. So bad. And, and then one prime minister even went as far as saying that her nose was too wide and her lips were too thick. So it's just like a huge long list of people saying shit that... It's racist. Very. Make us think that, well, maybe she was, you know, descended from Africa just from all the shit she took. She's already pregnant all the time. She's a (laughs) mother in law. And now she's she's allergic to babies and she's having 15 of them. That's why her lips are plump. And who cares what color she is, bitch? (laughs) That is a fair point. A lot of times hormones can make your lips plump up. So I hate people. (laughs) so on the flip side you have desmond shaw taylor a surveyor of the queen's pictures who believes that the theory of queen charlotte's ancestry isn't supported by these portraits he says i can't see it to be honest and he added that most portraits of the queen depict her as a typical light-skinned royal with no inkling of african blood quote none of them shows her as an african and you suspect that they would show something visibly of african descent if she was you'd expect that there'd be a field day if she was but that reasoning is questionable because most painters didn't paint anybody what they look like. They painted how you told them to make you look. So the one thing that I read recently was saying that all the other artists that painted her whitewashed her. Mm-hmm. And then that one that the guy that did that painting, the one where she does look like perhaps she's of African descent, was the only one painting her truly. But also, 
I don't know. I think I read that like, do y'all ever wake up at like three o'clock in the morning and can't fall asleep and just stumble upon random articles on the internet? I don't know that it was an accredited source, you know? Katie has insomnia. Oh, in case you guys didn't know, I'm crippling insomnia. And sometimes I just wake up at three o'clock in the morning and click on things in Facebook, you know? She's like, oh, who's the prime minister of Israel? I, I can't go to sleep unless I find this out right now. And that's Katie's brain. Welcome. <laughs> Y'all laugh. It's my life. Uh, I relate. I relate. That's why she's drinking White Claw. <laughs> so the Mario guy. Oh, kitty. <laughs> so the Mario guy does say what you say, that maybe this Ramsey painter did more accuracy because she trusted him, but he was also a huge supporter of abolishing slavery and was really into political paintings. So if he were to paint her with her African likeness, it would have been a political reason. So that even makes it even more interesting, like why she would allow him. And this was the portrait that they sent to the Americas right around the revolution. We need to do a 23 and me on her sarcophagus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if they tested those random bones ab- that they found to be Richard III, surely Ooh. they could do it on her. Yes. And we know where she's at, so it should be super easy. So the topic of race is very sensitive, especially when you're talking about England, since they were a very large colonial empire. And the suggestion that Queen yeah. Charlotte is black implies that her granddaughter, Queen Victoria, was black. And also her great-great-great-granddaughter, Elizabeth II, had it as well. So it's just a lot of... a. Uh, implications so the royals themselves say in a 1999 report god that was so long ago (laughs) (laughs) y2k they says quote or they says they say that quote this has been rumored for years and years it's a matter of history and frankly we've got more important things to talk about so they did not answer it in in the Lifetime movie that they made about <laughs> Harry and Meghan about a year and a half ago, it was solid. Queen Victoria does talk about, or not Queen <laughs> Victoria. Yeah, Queen Victoria is a part of the Lifetime movie they made about Harry and Meghan. Oh, in the Lifetime movie they made about Harry and Meghan, which is obviously like source material. Oh, yeah, uh, Queen Elizabeth is like, here's our first black queen, and talks about her. And she's supposed to be like connecting with Megan about the first black yeah. queen. Am I the only one that's watched? Oh, I did. I loved it. <laughs> I didn't watch the sequel. I just watched the first one. Oh, I but... didn't know there was a sequel. Oh, the first one is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Both oh, of the, act- the main actors oh, kind of look like the people, <laughs> and they have got good chemistry. But besides that, it's so very oh, dumb. Yeah. <laughs> royalty is fascinating to so many people my husband hates it he's he's from the old country <laughs> by that i mean england and he wow. anytime i'm like so harry and megan he's like you know i don't care right <laughs> and i'm like yeah but i'm gonna tell you anyway <laughs> so anyway yes All right, so unfortunately, Queen Charlotte's life towards the end wasn't so great. George III had a onset of, quote, madness. Now we actually believe that the insanity was porphyria, which is a metabolic condition. But back then, they didn't know. They just thought, oh, he's just crazy now. 
and they called it bouts of insanity and it just got worse and worse and worse which put a lot of stress on her and as the king became worse they said her personality altered and she became bad tempered and sank into depression and gained weight and no longer enjoyed appearing in public and her relationships were strained no shit like right right <laughs> what happen she's under a lot of stress anybody La- oh no I last it. year we covered isabeau of bavaria who was mm. a french queen I don't know if you know anything about Charles VI of France. He was the first. Have you ever heard of um, in the royal families the phenomenon of them thinking they're made of glass? Yes. He was the first one. He was the first one of a long people thinking they were made of glass because of hand breeding. And it was the same thing. He was incapable of ruling. And because people can't shit talk the king mm-hmm. they shit talk the queen yeah because she has no she has power but she has no power to it was just it was just an easier path for people to take to shit talk mm-hmm. the ruling oh that's so sad that's yeah. so sad there's a every crazy king has a queen that has had to take the shit for it yeah, she's got to be exhausted. Right. And at first, they actually kept her unaware of when he was suffering from these. I hate them. There's That's no not- word for it. Historically, they just called it fits. Um, oh, God. But they didn't even tell her about it. And they thought it'd be temporary. And it finally got to a point where they're like, he can't rule. So they were like, we need to do something. So they made the Regency Bill of 1765 that stated if the king should become permanently unable to rule, that Charlotte would become regent. So at this point, she's signed into this whole thing as queen being like, you can't do anything. And now they're like, you're going to be full ass queen. And she's just like, wait, what? Wait, (laughs) uh, does not compute. (laughs) (laughs) But then during the 1788 illness of the king, there was conflict between the queen and her son, the Prince of Wales, about the regency. According to the regency bill, the Prince of Wales was declared regent, a new regency bill, and that if he were to become permanently insane, she would have to become his caretaker. Therefore, she couldn't be the regent anymore. So they found like a loophole. So then she starts fighting with her kid, being like, no, I'm supposed to regent. And he's like, no, somebody has to take care of him. And I'm like, that's just bullshit. <laughs> well, maybe the son's thing, whole thing was like, well, I've been raised for this my whole life and you haven't. But then like maybe the queen's thing was like, well, no, this is my time to... So I could see both sides of it, actually. Yeah, I definitely could see both, too. Yeah. After a permanent madness set in, which this is a quote, I hate it. Like, my entire... My specialty is in insanity um, in history. So I hate the words that they use, but you have to use those words because those are historically accurate. So they're not being insensitive, I promise. Uh, the Prince of Wales became regent, and Charlotte remained her husband's guardian until her death in 1818. The queen died at the age of 74, which is a very long age mm-hmm. this time, on November 17th, 1818, in Dutch House in Surrey, which is now called Kew Palace, in the presence of her eldest son, the Prince Regent. So apparently they made up because he was the one with her when she died. And she was suffering from dropsy, which today would probably be edema caused by like congestive heart failure. They didn't really know what it was back then. That's what Isabella Castile died of. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what she died of. She is buried in St. George's Chapel at Windsor, which is where Megan and Harry got married. 
Yay, dead bodies on your marriage bottom. Yay. There are so many dead people on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking over Henry VIII's dead body. Yay. Not as much as, oh, what's the other one? The other Abbey that everyone usually gets married at. Yes, it's not, at least it's not Westminster Abbey. We're like, every fucking body is buried. There's a lot. And then her husband, now completely blind and suffering from dementia, wasn't even told about her death. And he died at the age 81 at Windsor Castle just a year later. So at that point, they didn't even tell him. That makes me sad. No. And he was just kind of like locked away. Poor that guy. was a fun story. It has to be so. <sighs> I need another drink. <laughs> oh, God. That's so sad here. Kew Gardens still flourishes and has always been expanded, and Queen Charlotte Maternity Hospital is still around. And they've named cities all over the world about her, like the Charlottetown in Canada, Fort Charlotte, St. Vincent, West Indies. And her legacy can be found in the United States in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it's known as the Queen City, which I didn't know that was the nickname for that. And then just like a quote from the city, it says, we think Queen Charlotte speaks to us on lots of levels, said Cheryl Palmer, the educational director at Charlotte, North Carolina's Mint Museum. As a woman, an immigrant, a person who may have had African forebears, botanist, a queen who opposed slavery, she speaks to Americans, especially in a city in the South, like Charlotte, that is trying to redefine itself. And they have two statues to her, one at the airport and one downtown. Oh, so. Queen City. Queen City. (laughs) Queen City. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about spooky shit. Oh, yeah. I love spooky shit. Me too. Since our queen is buried at Windsor Castle, we're just going to hang out here and talk about some spooky shit that happens there. Boo. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> but, but first, a little history. Windsor Castle has been a royal home and fortress for nearly a thousand years. Years and years. Long time. It's the largest occupied castle in the world and it remains a working palace today. And she big. She's a thousand rooms, four hundred and eighty-four thousand square feet, and sits on thirteen acres. She thick. She's yeah. a BBW castle. A thousand BBW. Rooms? Big beautiful castle. BBC. <laughs> it's the BBC guys. Oh, <laughs> big beautiful castle. Big booty castle. Oh. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> It's big. And William the Conqueror chose the <laughs> for its location because it was above the River Thames and it was on the edge of the Saxon hunting ground. It was a day's march from the Tower of London. It was intended to guard the western approaches to the capital. And weird fact I found that while this was being constructed, the Tower of London would have been 27 years old. Oh, so she was just a baby. Oh, she just got her, her license to drink alcohol. Baby castle. I'm so proud of you. Congratulations, Tower of London. You barely killed anyone yet. Oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, not overflowing with the blood of its enemies yet. <laughs> so the outer walls of today's structure are in the same exact position they were when William the Conqueror built it in the 1070s. So I found that really interesting. It hasn't changed a huge amount, except Mm -hmm. when he built it, it was, you know, like wood didn't last very long. So (laughs) no forethought there. But in the 1170s, Henry II built it with stone instead of the wood. So he just kind of swapped it all out. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like my kind of (laughs) guy. And in the 1360s, Edward III, who was born at Windsor, extended the castle and made it a little bigger. He built St. George's Hall for the use of the knights of the newly founded Order of the Garter. And they still do the ceremonies there today. 
During the Civil War, the castle was captured by the parliamentarian Colonel John Benn in 1642, and it became the headquarters for various parliamentarian commanders. Then Oliver Cromwell, when he was made Lord Protector in 1653, it became his official residence. Following the Restoration, Charles II was determined to make the castle as bougie as possible, and he created a new set of state apartments in 1670. And then also he laid out the five-kilometer-long walk due south from the castle into Windsor Great Park. George the Fourth was a great lover of art and fine decoration. Much of Windsor Castle's present appearance is due to his alterations in the 1820s. It was refashioned in the Gothic style with an additional with like crenellations and turrets and towers. So now, like any direction you're at, you just see tower, tower, tower. It's very. <laughs> a lot of people are like it's imposing. <laughs> Towers, 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 towers on fleet, towers, towers. <laughs> and the rooms on the north side were designated for formal occasions and state visits, which remains today. George the Fourth's most remarkable addition was the Waterloo Chamber, which is gorgeous. Waterloo. <laughs> it was created in the 1820s to show portraits commissioned from Sir Thomas Lawrence to commemorate the defeat of Napoleon at the Battle of Waterloo in 1815. Yeah. And then Queen Victoria and Prince Albert were also devoted to Windsor and they spent much of their time there. It was during the reign of Queen Victoria that in 1845 the State Apartments were first opened to the public. And then Prince Albert died of typhoid at Windsor <laughs> in 1961. Typhoid! He- Yay! <laughs> Everybody died of typhoid at that time. Sad. She did not handle that well. And- nope! <laughs> <laughs> nope! The, the official historian Katie says, nope. Famously, <laughs> she did not handle that well. <laughs> not at all. But she did bury him in this giant, spectacular mausoleum at Frogmore that we talked about earlier. Frogmore. During Second World War, Windsor Castle was a home to the young princess Elizabeth and Margaret while their parents supported the war effort in London. Not so fun fact, when there was a bomb scare at Windsor, the queen and her sister would head to the underground dungeons. Those dungeons are haunted as fuck. They have to be. They have to be. They have to be. And the nanny said, quote, a bell rang when the enemy aircraft was overheard the signal to go into the beetle-infested dungeons. What the fuck so is now that we got mean? beetles and ghosts. Gross. Gross. <laughs> Wait, oh, gross. So, oh, gross. Oh, gross. So John Paul and Ringo? Is that what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> That'd probably be way more pleasant. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, and then, you robbing it. <laughs> <laughs> and then in 1940, when Elizabeth was 14 years old, she started broadcasting to evacuees from a radio program. Called the Children's Hour, so that was sweet. So she's a podcaster. Yeah, she's a podcaster from the dungeons. Like, if she can podcast from a dungeon, we can podcast anywhere. I can edit this shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then by the time she was nineteen, she joined the auxiliary territorial services as a driver and mechanic, which I talked about. I think episode two. Yeah, she was a. That's so cool. Yeah, she's badass in World War Two. And then her sister, Margaret, joined the Girl Guide and later joined the Sea Rangers. <laughs> and then also during World War II, they hid the crown jewels in these underground vaults at Windsor. Give me your family jewels. So sadly, the 20th century history of the castle is dominated by a major fire that started on November 20th, 1992. It began in the private chapel because a spotlight hit a curtain and it ignited the material. Oh, my heart hurts. It took 15 hours and one and a half million gallons of water to put out the fire. 
And by the time it was over, nine principal rooms, over 100 other rooms, and 9,000 square meters were damaged. So that's one-fifth of the entire castle was destroyed by this fire. Ugh. Fuck. Heart hurts. So the next five years were spent restoring it. And it was one of the greatest historic building projects of all time in England. So that's pretty cool. But that's whenever scary shit starts happening. Is whenever buildings get renovated, all the ghosts are like, why are you making over my house? You didn't get consent from me. Consent is key. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You you hung that purple curtain up there. I did not tell you to do that. (laughs) Like It's literally like old dead queens coming out from the grave being like, uh-uh, that shit's ugly. Yes, 100%. 100%. And it was completed in six months ahead of schedule, and it cost 37 million pounds, so I converted that, and that is 48,260,813, and you know I love my inflation calculator, so today that is 77 million. I'm gagging. <laughs> that is just so much money. Yeah, I love conversion uh, calculators because then you don't have to do math. Today, Queen Elizabeth II uses the castle as her private home, and she also uses it for state visits. She also keeps the greatest collection of art and artifacts from the Royal Collection Trust there, including Da Vinci's notebooks. Oh, I want to see those so bad. Oh, she has so much stuff. I just want to touch. That's why I'm a historian. <laughs> I just want to touch your stuff. Jimmy! I just want to touch it all. Yeah, they have an internship, and I want to do it, but you have to pay for all of it. There's no... Bullshit. It's really expensive, and I'm poor now. You have to pay to be an intern? You have to pay to not be paid? (laughs) The the dirty side of history is that to become, like, anything in grad school, you have to have an internship, and there are none of them that are paid. And I didn't even find out. I interned at the... Crystal Bridges, Museum of American Art. But the only way you can get paid is if you say you're disabled. So I didn't know that all the other interns lied about it, so they got paid. And I was the only person that didn't get paid. Oh my god, that's horrible. <laughs> like, I, you shouldn't have to lie about anything to get paid. Yeah. Like, that, that's not, no. And I saw the Met is the first major museum to actually pay their interns. But yeah, you have to intern to get your degree, but nobody will pay. And so I had to like pay for i had to live there for three months to get my internship and then i had to pay for everything on top of that it was really really shitty but one of my friends got an internship doing the royal collection trust so i'm gonna live vicariously mm. through her and good for them a lot of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the great kitchen at windsor is the oldest working kitchen in the entire country oh it has served 32 of 39 monarchs no. And fun fact, the clocks are set five minutes ahead to make sure the queen is never waiting on her food. Oh, that's kind of adorable. That is kind of adorable. adorable like- or bougie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and then- well, Nathan knows me. I'm an impeccably on-time person. So oh, my God. Like- She's like. You're one minute late, Nathan. You're one minute late. <laughs> it's a true story. Where are you? It's a true like, story. Like, literally. Like, she, <laughs> she's one of those people that's like, okay, the party started at five. It's 5.05. You're late. If you're not <laughs> 10 minutes early, you're late. All right. And finally, 10 British monarchs now lie buried in the chapel. So we have Edward IV, Henry VI, Henry VIII, Charles I, George III, George IV, William IV, Edward VII, 
George V, and George VI. Sounds like, like a lot of penis. Like, there's just a <laughs> lot of dudes. Just a lot of bros. <laughs> oh, so many. And like you guys always say, they're not very creative with the names. <laughs> no, they just recycle, reuse. <laughs> and then it's all the freaking Roman numerals. And then I have to think about it. Really. <laughs> yeah, about that. Like, I have some major issues with Roman numerals. <laughs> Why you gotta be so complicated though? <laughs> I know I hate it some days. Like if I drink too much and I'm looking, I'm like, I swear I'm smart. I just need to concentrate for a second. Oh, my pet peeve is like how people do the Roman numeral four. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at it on clocks, I will not buy a clock that has the Roman numeral four as I I I I. You know, like if it has four eyes, I'm like. That's not the Roman numeral four. No, that's not right. It's IV. Like, mm-hmm. it's an I and a V. And it, I will literally not buy a clock. <laughs> like, I'll be like, nope, the Roman numerals are wrong. My OCD's off. The universe is crashing down on me. Like, uh-huh. it's just... <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. The hill I will die on. There's several yeah. of the hills, but that's one. So, out of the British monarchs that are buried at Windsor, some are beheaded, some are poisoned, some are killed by... Nat- or- Died of, I said killed by natural causes. Died <laughs> by natural causes. So, no wonder people think they are haunting shit. Regardless, royal tombs are scattered all over the place. There's tombs near the altar, they're in the aisles, they're in the choir, they're by the door, and they're also in the underground vault. So, no matter where you're going, you're like, boom, dead person. So, you're going to walk on somebody. Boom, <laughs> boom, ghost, boom, ghost. <laughs> so, spooky shit. When first considered a <laughs> haunted of all the royal residences and there's 25 resident ghosts 25 25 <laughs> that's bananas that's a lot of that's a lot Shit. of ghosts <laughs> did, did i hear Gwyn stefani <laughs> <laughs> so the queen ghosts of- are bananas b <laughs> <laughs> So Queen Elizabeth herself has said that she saw the ghost of Elizabeth I with her sister Margaret. According to Visit Britain, it is claimed that the ghostly figure of Elizabeth I is often seen in the library and her footsteps can be heard on the bare floorboards because of her big clunky heels. And then you will hear her before she just like boom in your face and you'll see her. Yeah, she's walking around being like, I'm reading books. (laughs) (laughs) I'm educated. What? I am a queen. Yeah. <laughs> and it says that she had a liking for dropping in on her ancestors with several members of the royal family having witnessed her george the third once claimed to have conversed with the spectral woman and he said that she claimed to be married to england so that's how he worked that one out and then king edward the seventh confided in many of his mistresses about his encounter with a woman dressed in black that looked like the tudor queen Huh. Like his many mistresses. <laughs> his many mistresses. That's his mistress on mistress on mistress on mistress on mistress on mistress on poo. This is just my mistresses. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was an interpretive dance. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. You're welcome. <laughs> then Queen Elizabeth's father, King George VI, said to have observed the Queen on eight consecutive nights during the opening days of the Second World War. So she's probably like, what the fuck's going on in my country? What's, what's <laughs> exactly. So I think that's just interesting. And I just, like, they all seem like such logical people that wouldn't talk about ghosts. So it just makes me laugh that they're like, yeah, we hang out. Yeah, there's this, there's this holy totally dark chick that walks around and is like, um, I love books. 
Like, yeah. Be quiet in my goddamn library. I, I feel the same. Like, if I was a ghost, I'd be like, shh, shut up. <laughs> quiet. <laughs> we like to read and be yeah. calm in this space. <laughs> Remember this good feeling because the next one's kind of sad. So, George the Third. <laughs> has been witnessed looking longingly out the room underneath the library where he was confined during his several periods of madness. So it's just like him on a window being like, hello. That's so sad. I know. It is really sad. because That's where they just kind of locked him up and let it happen. All right, I'll drink to that. <laughs> Pour one out to our man, George III. I can't. I'm in my house. My husband <laughs> would get mad at me if I just poured white claw. Pour one floor. out for your homies on your fucking floor. <laughs> if I just poured white claw on the hardwood floor, I could see him coming in and being like, "What the fuck?" Like, I poured one out for my homies. The most famous king ghosty is none other than old Henry the Eighth. Bastard. Got it, asshole. <laughs> The spirit of Henry is said to have been witnessed on a number of occasions, wandering the halls of the corridors of the castle. Guests staying at the castle are said to have heard footsteps of the king, and some even hear him moaning and groaning coming from all the hallways. Those who have encountered the ghost have described a large, anxious, angry man pacing furiously and shouting loudly as he drags his ulcerated leg behind him. Oh, good lord. But Honestly, I don't believe Henry VIII's ghost still haunts anything because I think people that were that self-important in life are too full of themselves to hang around. Of course, they're going to cross over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he has no unfinished business because he's like, fuck yeah, I nailed he's it. like, I, I, yeah, yeah, I exactly. every woman I wanted to nailed kill. It. Whoa, I'm good. It. Crossing <laughs> over. Murder. Awesome. <laughs> Done. Yas. Oh. Yes. And yeah. to make it more awkward, Anne Boleyn, Queen of England and second wife of douche nozzle Henry, is one of the most famous hauntings at Windsor. So now yeah. we have a whole family affair. We got mommy, daddy, and daughter, and all of them they have to be very uncomfortable if they ran into each other. Yeah. <laughs> Afterlife drama. drama. It's like Sally Jesse Raphael for fucking dead people. Ma- it's <laughs> true. And it's reported to haunt the Dean's Cloister at Windsor, where she has been seen peering from a window where she's said to look very sad, distressed, and sometimes looks like she's crying. It's probably I wonder why. Penry. Like, why are you here? This is my castle. Fuck <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> if you ruined my afterlife too, I'd be very upset. Although she's supposed to be like the busiest ghost in England because she haunts like everything. So good for her. <laughs> Queen Victoria is said to haunt Windsor Castle because she's very unhappy with the alterations that her great grandson, King Henry VIII, made. So, what you were saying earlier about the curtains, I was laughing. Great. <laughs> that purple shit on my walls. I oh. would hope I would have better things to do in my afterlife oh, no, than critique curtains. Dead. You're dead. You're so, dead. And you have yeah, to go. Yeah. And you're That's in your house. And if somebody's making over your house and it's ugly, you're going to be like, bitch, this shit is ugly. Like, I would do that. If I was a dead person, I'm not knocking on wood. I'm not dead yet. Uh, But I would still, like, if somebody came in and started 
renovate <laughs> my Word house, Word. <laughs> I would be pissed. Yes. Well, it's even worse than that. So he wasn't even crowned yet. And then freaking Wallace Simpson was around being like, hey, we should redecorate. So he started pulling up all the trees that Victoria and Albert planted. So that's probably why she's pissed because yeah. you know how she was with Albert. So like, fuck off. But also, fuck those Nazi sympathizers. I don't know. I don't think people talk about Wallace and Simpson enough as being a Nazi. We have not covered Wallace Simpson. She is on our to-do list. And um, just like Coco Chanel, she's got some complicated shit that we're going to yes. talk about. You know, yeah. like some complicated Nazi shit. Mm-hmm. I was actually really surprised that the Crown even brought the Nazi stuff up and showed the actual photos. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, nobody, nobody usually does does that. But good for them. Yeah, but you shouldn't have Victoria's trees. Just leave them alone. <laughs> but the audacity to show up at Windsor and being like, the audacity. <laughs> like a thousand years of history, rip it up. Let's throw it out the window. Yeah, such a nerd. I'd be like, leave it all alone. It's historic. Uh, so the grounds of Windsor. Well, Oh my God, Windsor, <laughs> Windsor, Windsor. <laughs> God, I swear I'm smart. Okay, so the grounds of Windsor Great Park is said to be where you can spot the ghost of Hernay. I think he was the huntsman for Richard the Third, and apparently he saved him from being mauled to death by a stag, but was wounded in the process. And then he was later said to be healed through witchcraft, and then he wore the stag's antlers. There's a lot going on there. Now, so- how that work? <laughs> Sorry, I'm assuming it's part of some spell. Like they did some witchy stuff, and they're like, "You're this antler, witchy stuff." <laughs> yes, but then all the witchy stuff people started talking, and then they spread some rumors about him. And then he was also the king's favorite, so it didn't work out. So he ended up actually being shamed to the point that he uh, died by suicide. And he hanged himself on a tree that is now supposed to be haunted as fuck. Obviously. And Not surprised. People say they see a spirit around the park and they say if you gaze upon him, you'll be struck by misfortune. So steer clear of that, dude. <laughs> All the other ones seem to be fine. Just, just but he's like, stay no. away from that asshole. <laughs> Next, we have King Charles I. The ghost of the Stuart King has been seen numerous times in the library in the canon's house. Though the king lost his head during the English Civil War, Charles's ghost is seen whole. So, I guess that's good for him. <laughs> he's not dead. I mean, he's <laughs> dead, but his body's whole. Yeah, living la vida loca. Although I think Anne is supposed to be like haunting. Maybe it's the tower where she said she holds her head or something. I don't know. But then other places they say she's fine. So, so it's the tower. And Hever Castle. Hever Castle? Hever? Hever? I guess it depends on what part of the world you were born in. But those are the two places that she supposedly (laughs) I want to go to Hever so bad. I need to win the lottery. Do-da, do-da. That's what I just thought was funny. So the deanery, which is apparently just where the dean lives, is haunted by a young boy who just randomly screams, I don't want to go riding today. And then just- <laughs> that that is my spirit. <laughs> Hashtag same. I don't want to go riding today. Yeah, you're just like, no, I'm not doing it. The prison room in the Norman Tower is haunted, possibly by a former royalist prisoner from the Civil War times. 
And children playing there see him and adults have felt him like brush them as they walk past. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. I don't want no touchy. Like, no touchy. I want to see ghosts, but no touchy. <laughs> I am definitely like, don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> the kitchen of one of the buildings, which uh, make up the horseshoe cloister, is haunted by a man leading a horse. They say that he walks straight through the wall into the kitchen with a horse. As one does. It's a trick. You know, that's a good bar trick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't but, know. Just sitting there and there's a horse. Be like, oh, no. <laughs> Let me walk through this wall. <laughs> I'm mine. Ghostly footsteps are also heard on the staircase in the curfew tower. And on more than one occasion, they see bells swinging by themselves. And then the temperature drops really low. <laughs> that's so spooky. I don't enjoy that. <sighs> Finally, in 1873, a nighttime visitor to the castle noticed an interesting new statuary group. That had been erected by St. George's Chapel. They said they saw three standing figures all in black and the fourth was crouching down. Crouching and ghost are the two things I don't like going together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hard same. Hard same. <laughs> the central standing character was in the act of striking with a large sword. The sentry knew nothing of this artwork and turned around to talk to somebody. When they went back, it was gone. And they were like, oh, oh no. Oh, bitch. <laughs> Where did they go? What hell my phone? What the hell my, my phone? So that's my spooky. Oh, very spooky. I I love some good royal ghosts. They oh. are scary as shit. There's a lot of history there, and there's a lot of drama. Thanks so much for allowing us to be part of your spooky tales. Yes, thank you guys so much for coming on. I'm just so excited. Have you? Like I said, big fans. The first ones that I've like really fangirled, and I was like composing Aww. myself. That's so weird to me. That is so weird to me. Like I, I, I don't know. It's just I'm a normal human being. I'm awkward, and I'm just as fucking weird as everybody else. <laughs> you're not fangirl over me. I will just be like, "Hey, want to go have a drink?" You'll be like, "Yeah." I mean, that's very much our vibe. <laughs> yeah, now you guys fit in right, right Speak in with for yourself. Podcast. I'm like um, incredibly good looking. So, like, um, you're married. <laughs> yes, but I cannot blame anybody for being like oh, I'm so obsessed with her. <laughs> I say as I drink my white claw out of a koozie that is way better than your Andre fucking. Campaign. <laughs> Pharrell, thanks for having us on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, tell everybody where they can find you. We're Queen's Podcast, so go to our website, which is queenshistorypodcast.com, or find us on Facebook, Queen's Podcast, or Instagram, Queen's underscore podcast. Yay! Yay! So excited. Thank you guys for coming. And thanks everybody, so go check them out. Us. Oh, yeah. love you. Thanks, Queen's Podcast, again for joining me. I had such a great time. I really wasn't lying about fangirling because I was just really excited to meet you guys. So, you know the drill. If you want to watch these live and see the two hours that's going to be cut out of this, join Patreon. That's patreon.com slash historicalafpod. And follow us on social media. That is historicalafpod across the board. And as always, I mean, your listener stories. So if you have a cool family history, a cool town history, a legend, just a spooky story you want to tell me, uh, send that to historicalafpod at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast, please review it. Give us 
five stars. Tell us, tell us why you like us. All right. Join me next week. It'll be episode 71 royalty part two with Dion. You know her. We talk about her all the time. She's one of our Patreon. It's going to be really exciting. So thank you guys for listening. See you next week. Okay. Bye.